welcome to Appetite for Production, your only podcast for music production news, views, tips and silliness. Uh, I'm Tim Cam. I've been a music tech writer for what feels like millions of decades and producer and general tinkerer. James, tell them who you are, son. I'm James Russell. I have been that for far less time than he has. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and this is what we're going to talk about in the show, James. Tell us the things. Well, Tim, today we are going to talk about cheap plugins. Oh, lovely. I hope Waves pops up in that. Live 10 again. Again, let's never stop talking about Live 10. Mo plugins, mo problems. Oh, yeah, I'm the Puff Daddy to your B-I-G-P-D-D. Sorry, kids. Quincy Jones goes nutbags. It's what we've all been waiting for. Plugin rental. Makes you mental. Weapons as instruments. I am very apprehensive to see what that will involve. Hans Zimmer. Oh, okay. And Flying Faders. Oh, yeah. Flying Faders. Space Raiders. Cockney Rhyming Slang 101. Was I telling you last time that my Studio One was completely screwed? I don't remember that. Um, um, I don't remember much, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't take it personally. Basically, I mean, Studio One we did talk about, but that that's the that's the door I use the most. It's more of a go-to thing. I just know how it works, and I get along well with it. But at the recording of the last podcast, before that, I had basically got it fucked. So... <laughs> This is a situation where, you know, you launch it and it does its stuff. It's got a window. It's telling you what it's loading. Everything's coming up. Second by second analysis of what's being loaded. And then it just quits. Oh, can you see what it what, what's causing it to quit? Not quite. You, you couldn't even get to the splash screen. It, it was oh, just, mate. It, yeah, you couldn't even get <laughs> it open. So the preferences came along. Uh, so, yeah, I ended up doing a proper sort of support request with them. It was quite urgent, and they were good. They were good. I uh, they put me through to a, a dude called Lawrence. Nice. And, uh, Lawrence. Uh, Lawrence is uh, great. Lawrence from Presonus. Oh, he sorted you out, did he? Yeah. I mean, you know, I had to. Did you have to, to delete something? Basically, it was a rogue plugin, but oh. I'm still not quite sure what. So, yeah, doors load, and they load all the plugins that are in your folder, and if one of those plugins causes a problem, it can cause a fatal error. Oh, that doesn't sound good. And so what you have to do to sort the problem out is to go through your entire plugins folders, all of them, VST folder, VST3 folder, AU folder, and all the stuff on your user account times two. What? That doesn't that doesn't sound right because I was um, playing with Cubase the other day and I, I reinstalled it or something like that and I ran it for the first time. And it came up with a list of the plugin, like the rogue plugins or whatever. So <laughs> Studio One doesn't do that then? They, well, they do sometimes do that. But this was this was clearly so rogue that it just... Oh, my God. Point. Like ultra rogue. Oh, my God. <laughs> so what a terrifying you, plugin. You had to delete or move all your plugins that, to the desktop. That doesn't sound realistic. Well, what? This is what Lawrence what? told me, okay? And you had to do what? Like a, you had to test every single one or something? You had to take them out. And then you have to gradually put them back in again. Oh, God. And when you put the one, the rogue, the ultra rogue one back in and start Studio One, then you'll get the problem again. That sounds like a faff, basically. <sighs> I'm pretty sure it shouldn't have to work like it, that in this day and age. It was not fun. But yeah, I did that. <laughs> took everything out, 
gradually put it back in again. Actually, I think what I really did was just took everything out gradually. Um, and I got to the point where I had no plugins and Studio One was fine. And so I started adding them back. Okay. Can, I can identify which plugin it was. Well, it sounds like you, that's what you should have done the first time, but carry on. I started adding them back. Yeah. And I got to a certain point. I was like, okay, all the A's are good. Studio One loads. All the B's are good. All the F's are good. All the M's are good. All the T's are good. I finally got to the W, X, Y, and Z. And I got every single plugin in. Yeah. And it was fine. What? <laughs> and, uh, oh, mate, how annoying. Uh, I think I think Lawrence was trolling you, basically. <laughs> I, I that doesn't that doesn't sound like something that you'd actually have to do. But it worked, right? It did work. That's the thing. I've got it working now and it, it it's all happy. I was I was doing crazy shit to help Lawrence help me. I was like I was recording my screen while it was loading. Oh my, wow, right, checking okay. where it slipped up each time. But yeah, now I am back on Studio One and as happy as I can be with Studio One, which is, eh. <laughs> You sound really enthusiastic about it, mate. It sounds like worth all the, worth all the effort. Why aren't, you in, why aren't you in love with Studio One? I mean, I, I, do, I do love Studio One. Well, oh, you love it, but you're not in love with it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Think, Why, what can you do to spice up you and Studio One's relationship? Uh, it's got a lot of great things. It's It loads quickly, and like your Cubases. I mean, it was made by ex-Steinberg guys, and so they, they, made a, they made a new door. They made it how it should be made for today's standards. I think version one was basically them saying, hey, we can make this. Version 2 was saying, hey, we can make this as well as everyone else can make this. And version 3 is like, hey, we can go a bit further and do some new stuff. But there are some omissions which will hopefully, hopefully get sorted out. I mean, I think I was mentioning the, the ex export of mono last, last time. Right, okay. That's a bit of a problem. Um, you generally have to do things in a bit of a strange way when you would think there's a quick way to do it mm -hmm. than anything else. Mm. For example, when you connect your audio interface, uh, let's say you're reconnecting it, you've got to go to the same, you've got to go and find the same spanner, the same input output. The same button. spanner? Well, you know, the spanner icon. Oh, okay, okay. And you've got to tick this box and tick this box to say, yes, I want this audio interface to be working oh, with Studio One. Oh, man. Forget so, that noise. Yeah, there are there are great great things about it. Like there's a there's a sort of signal routing uh, channel editor, so you can sort of set up, you can set up sort of crossovers between your plugins. So have have two insert effects and one's affecting the left and one's affecting the right, or one's affecting low frequencies, one's affecting high frequencies, or something like that. Okay, that's cool. okay, that's great. You can have um, a whole macro setup, so you can like like in many doors, you can you can map a load of inserts on one channel to a macro yeah. and then control them all and map them all nicely so that macro turns everything up or down. But you know what you can't do? What? You can't automate that macro. What? That's absolutely ridiculous. It's the only reason you'd have a macro controlling loads of parameters, so you only have to automate one. Uh, that is beyond ludicrous. This is, this is just one of the... The weird things that you can't do, but hopefully, hopefully, version four surely is is overdue now, and I'm looking forward to seeing if they've got anything new. Not that they've officially announced anything, but you'd expect it would be sort of soon. 
Yeah, well, fingers crossed for you there, mates. We've got... <clears throat> oh, did you see the, the Quincy Jones thing? Yeah, I did. In fact, well, I only read, like, commentary on it. I didn't read the, the, the whole article and everything. Oh, you don't need to go straight to the source. That's what being in the media is all about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, it sounds, it sounds pretty messed up. But, like... The thing is, you've got to imagine that, like, the lives of the ultra-famous are probably totally effed up or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So do you want to do you want to say what Quincy Jones has said, or do you want me to uh, you, tell the story? Um, you do. I'm a bit hazy, hazy on the details. <laughs> I, I was asking because I'm hazy as well, but I, I might just read the Music Radar article verbatim here. Oh, okay. Wicked. Is that legal? Yeah, no. sure. Okay, I'll do it anyway. Fair use, man. Fair no, use. that's well fair use. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Quincy Jones has taken aim at the current generation of producers, labelling them lazy and greedy. Uh, Quincy Jones did an interview, and they asked him... Uh, they asked him if... If he, he was a grumpy old man or not. And he was like, <laughs> yes, I am. They asked him if uh, producers are sort of pushing the boundaries and using fresh techniques. And uh, he said, quote, there ain't nothing new. This is very interesting. Um, the thing is, Quincy Jones has been alive f for a period where music technology has really, really changed ra like rapidly. Like mm. if you like, so I think over the sort of sixties, seventies, and eighties, and yeah, and I guess, and I guess to the nineties, there was a period of kind of like rapid technological advance in in recording. So you know. He went from having these crap, like crappy consoles that had like four channels to having like these massive mixers and everything and going from analog to digital and the introduction of sampling and digital audio and all this sort of stuff and everything. And, uh, and I think that's, that has facilitated a lot, like um, a lot of innovation in music. Now we're kind of in an era where you can do like practice, you know, you can, you can mess up audio and create audio in so many ways just on a laptop. I think, I think we, you're not having it. You're not having the lim, the the limitations funnel the, like um, sort of musicians into like into into you know creating something new and that they couldn't have before. Whereas now it's kind of like we're in this post postmodern era where it's just a kind of like recycling of what's gone before. So I think it, like he's probably onto something, but I don't know if that's the fault of this generation's mu musicians. Do you know what I mean? I do. I do. It's is it's ironic because this is the post limit era in yeah. music and music technology. You know, anything is possible, pretty much. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. That's I think anyone in the know, anyone who's thought about it for a while, says, yeah, it's it's the limits which make people more creative, mm. uh, or it was. But now we don't have any limits whatsoever, mm. and like you say again. Maybe it's the limitlessness, if that's even a word, that is making postmodern trends even more today. Like the thing is, I guess now um, artists and producers are focusing on the way the music's changing is in that everything is kind of like super produced and everything's ultra loud and everything. And innovations are being made in that area. That's true. You do have that's a like limit. The final front, that's you, like the final frontier. You do have a limit, which is zero dB. Yeah. That's like uh, the one limit that's left. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And people, and people, you know, 
Like, if, <laughs> if like, Quincy Jones had heard a noisier record in the <laughs> 80s, it would have blown his mind. He would have shit his pants. Yeah, oh, God, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, like, so it's like, I don't know, you know. Well, maybe I, he hasn't heard a noisier record. Maybe he, maybe he hasn't. Like... <laughs> um, like Neuro the, the sad thing about Neuro is it was just like the, the most crazy batshit thing when it came out in like the sort of mid-noughties was I think when it's, when it's fair to say that kind of Neuro began identifying itself as a sort of thing Where, but it kind of just like stayed doing the same thing it was like really ahead of the game and now it's just kind of like sort of lock, locked into that groove or whatever. So I forget what my point was, but yeah, Quincy Jones should have listened to Noisier in the in the in the noughties, basically. I think someone should just creep up behind him and slap some headphones onto his ears. It would be like in Back to the Future, where Marty McFly um, puts his Walkman on his dad's head and makes him like listen to like Slayer or something or whatever it is. <laughs> That'd be good. So. Basically, Quincy Jones went on to diss Michael Jackson. Uh, oh, really? I didn't know that. Said, quote, suggested that you two are no longer making good music because there's too much pressure on them. Uh, okay. And yet he said that people like Bruno Mars, Chance the Rapper, Kendrick Lamar, Ed Sheeran and Sam Smith are good. And he said Mark Ronson's good as well. Okay. But to wrap it all up. This was all in support of a new Netflix documentary. Oh, okay. So he wants to stir some shit up and yeah. get some views on that. Okay, that's let's cool. not read too much into it. Uh, the thing is, saying saying he's into like Bruno Mars and Mark Ronson, like fair enough. They're making some wicked pop music, but Uptown Funk was like an eighty, like just a sort of like uh, uh, sort of almost like a pastiche of just like an eighties funk tune. I can't remember what the last one's called, but that's just like it's sort of like it's like a new Jack Swing sort of like sort of pastiche or whatever it's just like that's you know that's not pushing the boundaries and i say that as a, like as someone who makes like vin- throwback drum and bass that just sounds exactly like the 90s i'm not gonna throw stones or whatever in anyone's greenhouse or whatever but it's like you know you've got yeah don't don't slate people for not being innovative and then praise the people who are recycling old ideas because it's like what are you saying, Rob? Do you know what I mean? Unless you've got a new Netflix documentary. Well, oh, absolutely, totally. Yeah, um, I, yeah, and I saw, I did see that he was like saying music has to be more than hooks and singing <laughs> out Taylor Swift, which I don't think is really fair enough because I think, I think it's fair enough to say Taylor Swift makes objectively good pop music. Do you know what I mean? No comment. <laughs> You're so elitist, James. Honestly. <laughs> So, next, mm-hmm. Plugin Alliance. You may know them, you may love them, you may not. Uh, Plugin Alliance, this goes back to what we were saying last time about um, your subscription services slash rent-to-own services. So, Plugin Alliance have uh, announced the Pick Pack. The Pick Pack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's for Plugin Alliance plugins. Pick 10 of them and pay $29 a month for 29 months. <clears throat> that's a long time. In that's like a, that's own. like a phone contract or let, something. Let me just put that into phone. 29 times 29, $841. I mean, for 10 plugins, 84 each on average. Depends how good they are. Depends what you want to do with them. If you're going to make a few grand with them, then meh. No one's going to make a few grand <laughs> in 2018. That's not going to happen. Oh, maybe, I, maybe, I guess. 
Well, it's, yeah, it's like the thing is, 800 and, was it 814? That's a lot of money, man. Like, you could buy some kind of, like, waves bundle for that sort of cash. Yeah, it was 841, I think. Um, oh, was it? Okay. You could buy a waves bundle for that you kind could, of cash. You could, you could. But if you only want them for a month, then the price is only $29. Well, that, yeah. So just, you... Who are these people making money out of music? I want to, I want to know about them. Anyway, yeah, I know. I, um, yeah, it's... It, that's good, I guess, if you desperately need some plugins. But who's who's renting who's renting plugins? I don't know. Call in. <laughs> the switchboard is not lit up. I don't know. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I mean, no one's called in so far. So okay, okay, no okay. Renting plugins. Uh, yeah. I guess. It, oh God, I just I can't imagine the scenario of who these people would be but i guess some people are plugins and have got money to spend i guess um the other the other thing that i was going to say about this deal is you could just um buy something in a different wave sale every month as well not that i'm trying to shill for waves or whatever no but, no you, you, know, you have been you know suspiciously, what i mean loads of people have sales you do talk about waves it's you're two for two on the talking about cheap waves plugins do you know so i barely i barely use any wa- like the thing is that well that's because they are they are the people who were kind of like expensive and then went cheap and like and went right. kind of like rock bottom price and like i have bought a couple of their things since they went rock bottom price and i do i do like a few of their plugins but I don't use loads of them, to be honest. Like I like, I like my sort of standards, like your Fab Filter suite and your Sound Toys suite and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like it's high quality. Like I ain't got time to sit around looking for these individual boutique plugins. Do you know what I mean? I want to know. I want to have an array of stuff that I know works. Want to have a dazzling array of workaday plugins. I want my plugin folder to be filled with just like a massive list of stuff, so that you forget what's in there. You don't have a clue if like any of them are any good. But it's that, it's tough. It's tough managing a plugin collection these days. I think that's one of the problems I had when I was uh, having my tete a tete with Lawrence from Presonus. You know. I was, sure. I realized how many plugins were on my computer. Yeah. And I was putting them all back in, but I was thinking, I don't have to put these all back in. I could go minimalist. Well, that's the thing. I think I really need to work on my, like, doing, like, like favorites. Can you do, like, can you make favorites appear in plugin folders with, like, aliases you, or sh- shortcuts or something? I tell you which door gives you favorites in your plugin folder. Is it Studio One? It's Studio One. Now that's a good feature. That is a good feature. Because, like, the thing is, there's so much stuff in there that I just forget to use that would be really, you know, really that useful. That is true. Especially if it begins with a Z. You know, you got a Z plane plugin at the bottom of the list. What there else and have you, you got in there? It. Uh, what else do I actually have? Does Isotope begin with a Z? No. No, okay. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm st- uh, uh, I can't think. Uh, I mean, it's names, really, rather than manufacturers. It depends what it is. But you can, you can do aliases, as far as I remember. You can make folders. I think this is VSD only rather than audio units, but you can make folders. Okay. And if you just put an underscore at the start of the folder name, then you can drag all your compressors or all your favorites into there. Why have you got to put an underscore at the start of the name? Well, sorry, it's top alphabetically. Oh, that's good. And that sounded like a sort of so, annoying thing that I'd have no, to remember, no. but okay, that's all right. You you would just put double underscore favorites and then underscore compressors, underscore oh, God, EQs. that's really clever. Uh, I can't verify if that is the way you do it but that was one of them that's either vst or or au's well even if it's only a rumor that's brilliant and that's satisfied me enough so i don't feel the actual need to do it now so uh, yeah that's good problem solved
waves. You keep mentioning waves. Let's get waves. What? Now you're bringing waves up. Let, I want to get waves out of the way. Okay. okay. So you you have been talking for a while. You've been alluding oh, to God, have I? the falling price of plugins in general. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You started off with waves. Talk about the generalities here. Um, everything Waves used to do was really expensive. And then suddenly they were like, right, we're just going to have loads of sales all the time and sell stuff dirt cheap. And I think that encouraged other people to have sales as well and to kind of like look at their pricing sort of stuff. And I think I think plugins are a bit more reasonably priced these days. Do you know what I mean? Um, and if especially if you look out for sales and stuff and everything, like it feels like it's a bit more of a like a consumer market mm. rather than a sort of Specialist. professional, yeah, professional market where the price the price is just always what it is. Do you know what I mean? Well, a lot of the developers that I've talked to have said that sales is like when they make their money and i don't want it to be like that it shouldn't be like that you shouldn't have to depend on a sale like a furniture company you shouldn't have to depend on a sale to just get all your money if you you're getting 90 percent of your money from the sale well does it as long as they get paid does it it matter though you you get these plugin companies who are always peddling cheap stuff i mean are they making Mm. are they only making stuff in a sale or does it feel like everyone has to play this game where they say Ah, it's 300 for this one, 300. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then suddenly say, oh, 39 on sale, but that's the real price. It's, it's what happens a lot in modern sort of economics and retail economics, and I don't like it. Well, it's annoying, and it, it just means you have to go through the, the game of playing the savvy consumer, I guess, which is a bit of a pain in the bum. But if, we, if it means we get cheap plugins, do you know what I mean? Like, I'd rather fork out for a waves plugin that i've seen like people i whose production i admire use and i know that i'm gonna that's something that i'll definitely end up using rather than like trawling through all these websites of like these little indie guys or whatever and their plugin might be amazing or it might be rubbish yeah maybe this is uh the argument for renting plugins oh god i just like the thing is if i'm gonna rent plugins I want literally everything. I don't want to have to, like, $29 a month or whatever. And, like, I guess that's buying, really. Um, but, yeah, I like I got enough subscriptions now, man. I need to start cutting back on subscriptions rather than renting more stuff, basically. It'll be, like, Blockbuster for plugin. Oh, God. Can that imagine? sounds horrible. Go on, I- go, go to Plugin Buster and, and grab something for the night. Grab it, grab it. Yeah, yeah, right, you, okay. Cozy compressor or a... That's the thing. I want to make music though. I don't like. Well, I guess it's. I guess it's tricky. Like, I guess there has to be a balance between exploring what <clears throat> software is new and exciting and actually making music. And I guess a lot of and for a lot of people, they'll get ideas from messing new, with new plugins. But like, I don't know. I've got a. I've got a lot of plugins now, and I feel like they do all the stuff that I want and everything. So I just, yeah, it's just too much. Too much hassle. Too much money. Damn it. Like. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not interested in spending any more money. Basically, <laughs> it's all good. Does that sound grumpy enough? Yeah. Okay, good. Just gonna check the switchboard and see if anyone has called in about renting plugins. Doesn't look like it. No, no, no one rents plugins. Okay. Um. Okay. Finally, the the only other big ass thing I could see in the news. Uh, is a little plugin by a new developer. I believe they're based in Edinburgh, Krotos Audio. They have made a plugin called Weaponizer. 
Okay. Now, this isn't, you know, this isn't your average music production plugin. Just just a bit of a disclaimer here. But I like the idea because it's it's more of a sort of games sound design plugin. But so it's explosions, basically. I don't think it's even that. It's weapons. Oh, it's like weapons. just like gun. I swords. Am- Oh! Scabbards. Okay, okay, okay. Right. Perhaps arrows. I don't know. If I made it, I'd definitely get some arrow sounds in there. I'd get the... Swooshes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've used gun and sword noises on tunes in the past. Oh, yeah. They're they're brilliant. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. That's great. If MIA can do it, we can all do it. Yeah, why not? And she was by no means the first. So, you know. Can can we do a little... uh almanac of um of people who've used weapon sounds in tracks oh uh, every every hip-hop person ever and every good baseline house track has yeah, got gun noises in it i'm not talking about gun noises i'm talking about swords being unsheathed oh god um burial i guess he it sounds like he's got some some noises a bit like that in his tunes i guess he's the, he's the original he's the original weaponizer he took the weaponization of sounds to the next level so yeah <laughs> So I know every, I know everyone already bumlicks burial, but I think we should bumlick bumlick him even more. Frankly, well, there's there's another production technique that Quincy Jones is clearly oblivious to. Yeah, why is he? Why isn't Quincy Jones listening to burial? <laughs> he should be like, yeah, music's amazing. Burial's the man. Do you know what I mean? Are you bored, listless, or profoundly depressed? Then don't bother seeking medical professionals. Just find us online. On Facebook, you can find us by searching Appetite for Production Podcast. On Twitter, we aim to start spouting bile as soon as possible at A4P Podcast. That's the number four. Uh, we're on Reddit as well, potentially. That's that's going to be exciting to find out if you've managed to sort that out. Appetite for Production. Check out Reddit or check out our glorious website, which is a4ppodcast.com and find all these links and more. And yeah, don't forget to look at our YouTube channel for the video version of Initialize This, the humiliating feature that James dreamed up in a nightmare. Let's talk again about Live 10, because we we mentioned it sort of briefly, and since then it has officially been released, and I believe you have installed it. I did install it. Um, It wouldn't work when I tried to open it, but I think that was something I was having a rewire. Like, there's some issue with, like, the Renoise rewire file or something. So Renoise? I, have you got Renoise? No, I don't even have it installed. Ugh. So so yeah, so I had to I had to do something or whatever. And that meant that when I opened Live 9, I stopped getting this. Yeah, you could only open Live 9 once. And then when you tried to open it again, you'd get some, some rewire issue or whatever. So I did that. This is a very fascinating story, I'm aware. Um, and then so I, so I tried out Live 10. Seems great at first and everything, but I had some real trouble, like, copying and duplicating clips. Copying and duplicating clips. Right. Now, the reason I haven't installed it is because you've got to completely update to the very latest OS, which is... Oh, it's not like I'm against that, but it is a barrier for me. Because I've got a lot of things on at the moment that I don't want to fuck up. They're currently in a delicate state. But never, never upgrade while you're in the middle of a project. That's well, that's the golden rule. Yeah, you, uh, you and I have the same, pretty much same exact laptop. But you, you said you said it was fine. Yeah, what upgraded. is it? High Sierra, we're on now. Yeah, it seems fine. Yes, yeah, it's, it's all good. And which is which is good because 
app like non-laptop Apple products, like they seem to just like die after a couple of upgrades. But I got this like literally like five years ago now, mid 2012 model. Works like it's it's a workhorse, mate. It's amazing. Good, good. So you were saying live ten, yeah. Clips don't duplicate. Did you say? Yeah, I can't get clips to duplicate uh, and like copy properly. And that's a kind of fun to... When you make very repetitive music like IT, <laughs> that is a kind of deal breaker, basically. Is it the old Command D? Yeah, yeah, Command D, so baby. they don't duplicate properly. Tell me. Tell me how. Well, it was just like not duplicating, mate. I don't, don't, I don't, know, I don't know what to tell you. Here. So clips don't duplicate, full stop. Yeah, and I was like trying to copy and paste stuff and it was it was being funny as well. And I haven't heard about anyone else experiencing that. So I guess I've got to have my own uh, tech support journey or whatever, which I'd really rather avoid. You need your own Lawrence. I do need my own Lawrence. I wonder who Ableton help me out. Well, to be honest, it's only on version 1001 or whatever at the moment. I might just wait and see if another if an update comes out, I, see if that fixes it. I did have a guy at Ableton support who was uh, quite good to me once. Who is that? Uh to support how would you rate the support you received brendan brendan g get in touch with brendan g okay i'll give brendan g a call and see what see what he's saying he was good yeah i mean like to be honest before i before i encountered that issue i didn't really see anything that i hadn't seen before basically apart from it looks a bit different oh and i don't i'm not sure i like the way the automation stuff works now it seems like a bit of a Seems like a bit of a faff. Maybe when I get used to it, it'll be fine. And as long as, yeah, because I was, I, I think that was, uh, I was having trouble with the copy and duplicating. And I think I thought that that might be because the automation lanes were up uh, or whatever. But no, nah, I don't think so. So, yeah. So is, is that really the only problem you've had duplicating clips? Well, yeah, but it is a big, it's a big issue. Oh, it is. Yeah. So, so I'm, yeah, back on live nine. Mm. so yeah that was it and uh, like once i hit that wall it was just that was an insurmountable wall for me so uh, yeah i felt i needed to i needed to go back the insurmountable wall of duplication yeah that's (laughs) yeah that's it drag and drop functionality Uh, there's a little ableton made video right here in live 10 quickly duplicate your tracks with drag and drop functionality hashtag coming to live this is what it does maybe they've changed it Improved clip dragging. In Live 10, dragging a selection of audio or MIDI from an existing track to the drop area copies the selected material and duplicates any effects and settings into a new track. That sounds good. This lets you more easily deconstruct and more creatively edit the music in both session and arrangement views. That doesn't tell me anything. But I, I do have to say... The new font in Live 10, mm. I I both like it and dislike it. Mm. Like, I don't, I think I like the font itself, but I don't like its use in Live. But I'm sure I'll get used to it. Yeah, like, I, you know, it's very tempting to stay with the old and familiar. Mm. But I have learned generally that that can be a bit of a bad idea, really. So I am, I want to love Ableton Live 10. I'm going to trust the designers, yeah. I think they know what they're doing. I think I think Ableton has been on the right course probably since its inception. So 
I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I have faith in very, very few things, James. <laughs> I have faith in Ableton Live. I'm is one of the few things I cling to. So yeah, I'm gonna just believe. So yeah, fingers, fingers crossed. Maybe, maybe it's something to do with uh, today's uh, more high res monitors, and they just thought that would be a better font to get on with. Well, I have actually. I've only just bought a monitor myself. Um, and I was using just like my my MacBook screen for ages. Oh, it's a lot nicer. Tell me Give about the monitor. It well, it's only it's it a, like lovely. It's 1080p. It was like it's Dell. It was like 200 and something quid or whatever. Dell, what is this? The 90s? I yeah, mate. It's, it'll always be the 90s for me, mate. Um, I suppose yeah, you do make 90s throwback. Yeah, totally. Oh god, if I could if I could travel back in time to the 90s, mate, you know it. But that's that technology hasn't been invented. This lovely Dell monitor does exist and it's really nice and it means I can have span up on screen. Um and it's more easy to see what I'm doing when I'm EQing and stuff and everything. So that's yeah, that's really nice and it was definitely a worthwhile investment, I would say. Excellent. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely going to get something at some point. Have you not? Have you not got on monitor? Well, for now, I'm rocking dual laptops for whatever reason. <laughs> Would you type on both of them <laughs> simultaneously? I just, right, I'm an idiot, basically. I, I've got uh, InDesign installed on another laptop, which is a MacBook Air, and Ugh. I've got all my actual sort of production stuff on my main laptop. And the reason behind that was I was going on holiday and traveling around and I was taking the MacBook Air and I wanted to put InDesign on it so I could do the shit that I needed to do that wasn't music-y, do the actual sort of writing, editing stuff on the Air and not have to lug around a heavier thing. And I just haven't reinstalled InDesign back onto the actual oh, God. MacBook Pro. Get your life out, mate. For God's sake. I, You're I'm, living a lie. I'm in a real state. <laughs> Your life is effed up, mate. Yeah. It's all this facade that you've the upfront everything looks like it's fine and everything. <laughs> but yeah. I will take the plunge. I will upgrade the OS and Yeah, do it, man. Do it. There's you've got nothing to lose apart from your chains, mate. Yeah, and clip duplication, apparently. Well, yeah. Um they'll like, oh god, I'm gonna need to talk, talk to a tech support person i don't have time in my busy very exciting sexy life to talk to tech support but well, i am hoping that if i do upgrade the os maybe studio one will stop crashing when i load it or close it oh okay well that's but, a good idea yeah i'd give it a go man so you know it has another thing like when i close studio one it doesn't actually close and then i go on to another thing and it says studio one quit unexpectedly oh that's no good <sighs> Oh, when's software going to be fixed? Never. Oh, depressing. I wanted to talk about Hans Zimmer. Oh, okay then. Let's do that. We need to talk about Hans. What's he been up to, son? Well, I mean, too much. That's the problem. Hans he Zimmer. He's prolific. He gets too much work, and I don't like it. I mean, he's good and everything. That's fine. But he needs to keep his sweatshop of, like children who make all his work for him like in you know bananas or whatever they eat you know what i mean that must be what's happening because he gets way too much and where's where's my superhero soundtracks composed i want to do it i've got omnisphere exactly. I've, got, I've got like loads of yuhi plugins he can't just monopolize the market like he does <sighs> it's, it's tiresome he's become a, like a brand name and everything but he, i'm sure they're not selling billions and billions of movies simply on the fact that he's They've got a Hans Zimmer soundtrack. So why not let someone else have a go? 
Um, I don't think that's how business works, James. And I certainly don't think that's how Hollywood works. I think we all know how Hollywood works. And if you want to, if you want to do a soundtrack, you're going to have to do some things. Are you suggesting that Hans Zimmer's done some things? <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying Hans Zimmer's done some things. I'm just saying if you're a youngster <laughs> looking, I'm not. I'm definitely not saying. I'm not insinuating anyone has done anything. But I think for youngsters to break into Hollywood these days, they probably got to grease the wheels a bit. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I think you do know what I mean. <laughs> they need to give someone a Hans Zimmer. Oh god! Oh my god! Oh god! <laughs> like, so okay. So, say you go to one of many of Bristol's massage parlors and you ask for a Hans Zimmer. <laughs> what, what what do they give you? <laughs> I don't know. Hands a hands free Zimmer frame. I, I think they give you a a low foreboding d minor oh god okay what well, a drone i don't want that <sighs> I, I don't uh, like it i, I want i want to see more interesting innovative people what about jobs. mark mothersborg or however his name is pronounced he seems to do a lot of stuff now never heard of the man mate he's done loads and he used to be in a band okay well has he done that much loads just like he's Hans done Zimmer? loads mate i'm really surprised you haven't heard of him because you're someone who likes real music google him now and you will have seen some of okay. his some of his stuff that he's done i bet mark motherboard mother's boy yeah but <laughs> i don't know how to pronounce his name singer songwriter composer multi-instrumentalist what band was he in um come on mate sort your speed reading skills out what devo yes Devo, yeah. Devo. Devo. Because we- it's short for devolution. We- I don't really know a lot it? about new... I don't know a lot about, like, that post, post-punk post new wave era or whatever, but yeah. Yeah, n- not something I was ever into, but fair enough. If he's uh, now soundtrack composing, then... He's uh, he's doing a few bits, but he's not, like, doing the big blockbusters like Yazimmer. Uh, what about uh, Danny Elfman? Is he still is he still making big bugs? Elfman's making big bugs, but I, I can let him do that because he's not Hans Zimmer and he's not doing every single Hollywood blockbuster. Oh, man. Those, I, ki- those kids got to eat, man. Do you yeah, know what I mean? What don't the- hate on the kids. Don't <laughs> hate the player, hate the game. Hate don't know the- what that means. Don't hate the player, I hate Hans Zimmer's sweatshop. <laughs> This is probably re- we know that Hans Zimmer doesn't really have a sweat sweatshop, right? Yeah, I think it's probably good to mention that. <laughs> this this is, all, is all in jest. This is not all. Not it's even, a lighthearted joke about enforced child labour. Yeah, it's not even conjecture. It's just it's just resentment. Yeah, I yeah. Think. God, I wish he'd choose me for his sweatshop. Can you imagine <laughs> what that'd be like? Yeah. Oh, I've got so to. many plugins that I could make booming noises with. Just imagine. Impacts. Impact sounds. Speaking of minor news item, UVI Meteor impact instrument. Oh, okay. Treading the same ground as the old native instruments, rise and hit, probably. Yeah, I guess. Yes, Vroom. I'm sure that's fine. Why don't you just make those noises with your mouth? Just well, get a yeah, microphone. Because it's quick to do it with a plug-in in a sweatshop. Yeah, not fair in enough. a sweatshop. Yeah, fair enough, mate. In a sweatshop that doesn't exist. I was I was using a UVI plugin that's like their nineties digital. Funnily enough, their nineties digital synths one. Was, the was other it a day. workstation plugin? It is. It's like a workstation inspired one, uh-huh. which means they've sampled like a load of workstations. I don't know, man. It's all right. It's not amazing to be honest. 
I can't mm. remember what it's called, but that's uh, that's if you not like the Core Gen One plugin, which is a godsend. And I love <laughs> it's a godsend for. Fans. I want more stuff like that. I want more plugins that like workstation keyboards. Please, let's make that happen, team. So we are hopefully by the time people hear this, hosting this on SoundCloud. God, let's hope so. Well, let's hope SoundCloud is still available. It's still there, still there in a few weeks' time, yeah. I'm going to make sure I keep a very strict backup of all these episodes. Because SoundCloud has not had the most stable history, I guess. Yeah, I'm actually, I yeah, that's something that people tend not to do. Um, and I don't really, like, certainly of all my music, I don't have, like, a really organised folder where it's got all, like, the pre-masters or the masters in there or anything, really. Which is a bit, it's a bit worrying, because it's like you might lose stuff. Do you know what I mean? So mm. I think, I think, yeah, I envy people who are able to be really strict with themselves about that sort of thing. Actually, I've got all the projects, but it's like, will my old Windows PC live projects load up on my old Mac? I probably don't even have the same plugins installed. Do you know what I mean? So Very that's, true. That's not really foolproof solution. Yeah. Do you still have the old PC or you've just got the project? I do. I do have the old PC. Yeah. Well, it might be some way. A bit like a meteorite could hit it. And then then where would I be? Then the drum and bass songs that I've made that no one cares about could be lost to eternity. And then mm. that would be a kind of tragedy, a personal tragedy for me. A so, personal you know, tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I don't think he's going to get on the news. But well, yeah. Well, like how 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 retro a '90s drum and bass tune do I have to make for it to get on the news? <laughs> this is what I want to know. It's just like how good does this throwback '90s drum and bass have to be for anyone to care about it? Who knows? Uh, that's it. that's the eternal question, isn't it? Well, did, well, this yes. I mean, it's you know, are we going to start discussing art now, James? Let's let's do it. What Let, is art? Let's pull back. What's the what's the point of art? I'm pulling this back. This is all meaningless. <laughs> no, let's not go down this rabbit hole. Oh god, my life's a meaningless sham. <laughs> Question. <laughs> yeah, okay. Question. Yeah. Okay. Alexa. Okay. Siri. Yeah. All that shit. Yeah, man. Does anybody actually use that? Um, people talk about it a lot on the internet. Mm. I see people on Reddit talking about their Alexas, whatever. I, I don't know, mate. Oh, sorry, I just hit my pop shield then. I don't know, man. Like, um, like they're on your phone anyway or whatever. And like, I don't know, Siri's not that useful. Do you even use the one on your phone? Don't really use the one on my <laughs> phone. You can set reminders with it. Yeah, what? By speaking say, the reminder. You just say, Siri, remind me to like wash the dishes at uh, 10 o'clock or whatever there's a little insight into my life guys i just i just, I just think it's it's a level of technology that isn't properly thought through in terms of who's actually going to use it i don't know maybe if you're like a little old lady and you don't really like using computers it's a bit less threatening to ask alexa to to do something but yeah i can get with that but you know but i'm not exactly gonna use it as part of my uh technology driven lifestyle no Mate, I tell you what, I think stuff's getting too integrated because every time my phone rings, my phone rings, my iPad rings, ah. and my freaking laptop <laughs> rings out of my studio monitors. So it's like I go a little bit crazy, every time it's, which thankfully doesn't happen very often. I hope it's the same ringtone. It is, and it's coming out of sync. And is like it four? It could be my stereo speakers, four different points in the room. Is it by any chance the uh, standard default Apple ringtone that everybody has? I, I think it is, but it's brainwashed me, so I can't even remember what my ringtone is. Do now. you remember the days when everybody had a different ringtone? 
Yes, I... I pine for those days. I used to have the honky-tonk piano, and then I had um, uh, Next Episode by Dr. Dre featuring Snoop Dogg. Which, (laughs) I don't know why that's not being used anymore. I think I need to set that up again, because that's pretty cool. Um, What's what's your ringtone? Default, whatever the Apple one is. No, I I, I got right out of the default um, as soon as it really occurred to me, because... It's it's ridiculous that everyone's basically got the same ringtone. You don't know if it's your phone ringing or someone else's phone ringing. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm going to put my Dr. Dre ringtone back on now. So what ringtone have you got at the moment? I, I've got a little thingy that I programmed uh, in MIDI. And oh, it's from a proper piece of music that I was sort of, what the word, transcribing into MIDI. Okay. And um, I set that up uh, to run through a load of sort of, you know, NI kinetic metal. Well, like noises, crazy noises. Yeah, metal sounds um, playing this thing. But, you know, that it's not that hard to put something else as a ringtone. If you've, if you've got an iPhone, garage band it, save it as an M4R file and oh. put it on your phone. That's good. And then you don't have to be the same person with the same ringtone. That's wicked. I do. I do have um, Obi Wan Kenobi from like episode three or something saying hello there for my text message ringtone or whatever, which but is pretty good. That's I, a step in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that's a good tip about GarageBand as well. Back in the day, you, you remember when the Nokia's came out, like the first ones that had polyphonic ringtones. Yes. I composed. I composed my own uh, ringtones in MIDI for that. Or whatever. Yeah. People. I bet there were people who made quite a lot of money from doing ringtones. Back when the polyphonic ones came the, out, like, but that, bu- that bubble went. It's like, it was like the cryptocurrency of its day. It was like a two-year spate of people buying ringtones. Can you imagine how rich Crazy Frog is? <laughs> yes, he's insanely loaded. Still, I, I reckon Crazy Frog is Hans Zimmer. Oh my! <gasps> Do you know what? Think about it. It makes so much sense. I've got a complaint about the world of music production software. Lay it on me, James. I need undo functionality in everything. I thought there was undo functionality in everything. You talk about individual plugins. Yeah, everything. I I need to be able to undo anything I do. Here's the problem. In live, you see, there used to be basically no undo back back in Cubase days when I used that. Then I switched to live. And, and you can just undo anything in live. Mm-hmm. The only trouble is some stuff, particularly stuff that has its own undo stuff or whatever, there'll be like a million different undos for like sweeping an EQ in like FabFilter Pro and Q2 or whatever. That's true. I'm surprised that most doors now don't have this like undo that just works on everything. Mm. Um, it's, a sh- it's a shame because it's really, really useful. Do you well, know what I mean? Yeah. At, at the start, when I was coming to proper doors from Reason, that's, that's a bit mean, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Why are you stuck off Reason? You okay. love Reason, man. For Well, I love Reason because one of the many reasons is that you can undo everything. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. When I was coming to other doors from Reason, Yeah. it just it, it made me very confused. Why can't I just undo this thing that I just did? Mm. And now that Reason has plugins, it... They've made it so you can also undo all the changes you do in the plugin. Yeah, nice. And that works great. Yeah, I mean, how's it? What's it like in Studio One? Uh, You can't undo your plugin changes. Ugh, that is whack, man. That needs to be sorted out. It does. You know what we really need, though? What? Is an undo button for life. 
That, do you know what? I was literally thinking that. And I was thinking about all my regrets. <laughs> and I went into kind of a reverie there. But you've, oh. got to, you've got to learn from your mistakes. Have you seen Eternal Sunshine for the Spotless Minds? Yeah. It's why, you, it's why you shouldn't go out with... Well, no, it's why you shouldn't wipe your mind after going out with crazy chicks. Well, so the The digital world is regretless. It has undo. Oh, God. Yeah, it does. I mean, I like... You know, this is the thing like a lot of people like bouncing their stuff down and everything so that you can't you can't go back but i like to go back maybe we're just very anally retentive people maybe you you're think? just maybe you're just nostalgic i am very nostalgic the 90s was a better time <laughs> that's that's my whole that's my whole thing stop talking about the 90s i can't stop talking about the 90s I want to talk about mechanical faders. Oh god. On MIDI controllers. What okay? does that mean? Well, in my view, there's no point in having faders on your MIDI controller unless they are mechanical. What is a mechanical fader as opposed to a normal fader? A mechanical fader is one that moves with the automation, for example. Flying faders. Flying faders, my friend. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Yes, my very first mixing desk, which was like the Yamaha pro 01 or something it was called it was like it was you know not expensive but that was one of the first like sort of low-end desks to have flying faders and i thought it was badass man right. so and it yeah. is badass and if you just have dummy normal faders then oh you've got to have your latch and your oh, yeah sort of stuff and pick up oh, <clears> god and what happens when you change projects and if you've set everything up differently in each then everything's just gonna mess up based on where your faders are this is i think this is a problem at its core with physical controls you should just be using a mouse and keyboard there's no need for stupid knobs and faders that's my take that's well, my hot hot take yeah that that's my take is that if you're going to have faders they should be mechanical but while you don't have mechanical faders or if you can't afford mechanical faders just don't don't get something with faders at all what about mechanical knobs? No, that's not necessary. You can just have an endless rotary encoder. What if I don't want it? What if I want one that is that has is endful and has an end? Well, fuck you. Oh I, god, I oh. don't think there's any such thing. Is there a, as a mechanical knob that just sort of goes up and down with, with I your automation? Well, there should be. Why not? There could be because faders are just knobs with a different alignment that go up and down instead of in a circle. It's so. very true, and uh, you'd imagine that just one single motor is better than a motor attached to a cog. I drive a fader. You, it's like Greek to me, mate. I don't. But it's so much easier to just make an endless encoder. Oh, okay. okay which doesn't okay. need to be moved at all. Oh god, it just needs to be set. I don't want to. This is like taking me back to CDT or whatever. I don't want to even have to think about this <laughs> stuff. Don't don't want to. We're all good. <laughs> That's my opinion. Okay. Well, noted. I'm not going to make any MIDI equipment without flying faders on it now. Is that okay? Yeah. So I guess I guess doors must send it. Do they? Well, do doors send the inform information back? Yeah, they do. Do they? So if if you've got like a, all right, oh. it's generally in very pro studios where they actually use the faders because people don't even really use faders anymore. No, because they're useless. But if you've got a digital controller with all the faders on, then you can do classic style mixing, and you can just push the faders up and down, and you can record fader movements in, and they will be played back, so yeah, to speak, yeah, on yeah. the hardware. I guess it's very convenient if you're doing that stuff. And when you load a new project up, 
which has different fader settings, the faders will just spring into the positions they should be in. Sure. And if you had dummy non-mechanical faders and you load a new project, you, you just kind of mess up all your settings. Well, I, be, I guess I guess it's what you're like, sort of fader pick up things are set to i guess i mean I can't if, remember if, how that works in if you want to have everything set to the exact same uh, just work on one project until it's finished and that's never going to happen position. anymore that that's how you, that's how things used to be the world's not like that anymore exactly unfortunately exactly i am deeply profoundly considering <clears throat> technology are you yeah it might at some point in the future, be time for me to buy a new computer. What? I have a Mac and I have an iPhone. And your is your Mac the same? Mod- Sorry to interrupt. Is your Mac the same model as mine mid-2012? Mid-2012, Okay, yeah. okay. Exact, exact same thing. It's great, isn't it? I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. God, you sound like you've got really bad ennui. I am... Um... <laughs> 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 get, get a grip, James. Come on. Uh, I am trying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm heavily considering getting a PC. You are not serious, mate. Oh, yeah. And reuse Windows 10? Yeah. Like a caveman? Yeah. What? I said I'm seriously considering it for Ugh. the next thing. And Android. Why? Android as well. What? Oh my god! Why would you? What? What has Apple done to drive you to these lengths? Because I get irritated with them. Don't get me wrong. Mm. But geez, man, that's a bit of a radical step. Okay, tell me what irritates you about them, and I'll tell you that that is basically what irritates me, but but more. Um, I don't like. Well, my main beef with Apple is that my iPad Mini, um, kind of like slow to crawl after a couple of OS updates. Yeah, which is really annoying. Um, I and I don't like the way their computers now. Like that iMac for five grand or whatever. Like Jesus Christ, it's like oh, no one's got any money. Why are they? Why are they making computers that expensive? Do you know what I mean? They should make some computer. I don't care about their freaking emoji bar or anything. Just give us like proper computers for people who want to get stuff done rather than like tweaking Windows all day. Do you know? You know. And because PCs are so customizable, you can make a proper computer and it'll turn out cheaper. But it'll turn itself off to do a stupid update when you're in the middle of some project at some point, and you will you will swear. Is that your knowledge from the Windows 10 days, or is that your knowledge from the Windows NT days? I mine my, my right. Let me talk about Windows. Tell me. Windows 3 didn't really do a lot. Windows 95 was amazing. Windows 98 carrying on. Windows XP was the pinnacle. That was that is like one of the best operating systems ever. I agree. Vista pretty poor oh it was like a dive off a cliff wasn't it yeah it's not nearly like the thing is people really slag vista off it's no way near as bad as the more recent ones seven i did loads of music on for ages it was fine there was some annoying things with the search i didn't really like windows 8 not gonna touch it um i went from windows 7 to running os x or mac os as it's now called and wild horses could not get me to use windows 8 or windows 10 mate forget that i need to get stuff done son i'm not gonna fanny around all day working with like metro have you tried windows 10 Uh, very briefly i've seen people use it and it looks annoying i just i can't even stand to look at windows anymore it broke my heart i do know the feeling but i just 
there are many reasons for me. It is like cheaper. What? It is more customizable. There are things you can get on that that you can't get elsewhere. Just like you. Like what? What sort of stuff do you want to use on Windows? You can get Audio Finder on Mac, and you can't get it on Windows. And that's the one good piece of software in the world, apart from Ableton Live. What are you using on Windows? Uh, there are certain games that run on Windows. Oh, only. that's this is the only reason people ever run Windows is so that they can like put Steam on there, well, and it's it's not it's not fair enough. You, you can put Steam on a Mac, but there are certain classic games that only oh, run on Windows. Jesus Christ, James, this is a non-problem. You need to buy. You need to stay with Mac for your work stuff because having a PC is going to destroy your mind, and you need to get like just some like crap old PC and put like Steam on there. I'm thinking. I need a proper computer on a desktop and a laptop. So one of those will probably be the Mac and one of them will probably be the PC. And we're talking oh, okay. way future here. Okay, okay. But yeah, it is possible for the the laptop to be Windows, perhaps, or something like that. Uh, to be to be fair, like Apple Apple computer prices are ridiculous now. So I get it. I don't know what I'm going to do when my MacBook dies. I might just get a, like a second-hand one or something like that. But the Mac is only half the deal here because the phone is a lot more of an urgent problem. Oh, okay. Why is that a problem? Well, my iPhone is shit now. Okay. It, what model is it? It's a 6, which I is already... A, I use a 6 Plus. It's fine. Have you have you got the battery replaced? No. Get the battery replaced because it'll make it loads faster. What, just would it make it actually faster? Yeah. Did you see the thing in the news no. the other week? Mate, well, there was a thing in the news the other week where Apple basically admitted that um, as a phone's uh, battery degrades to, to keep up to, so that you get the same performance or something. No, well, to so you get the same battery life or something, it reduces the performance. So, right. so that's why when you get your battery, like I got my battery fixed in december or whatever it was dying and my phone runs much better now don't bother switching what go, go to i smash and get your battery fixed it's, it was just running slow just what real problems it was so for example you load up the web and it takes about 20 seconds to even get it yeah in gear you start playing a song in spotify from the home screen and it just does nothing for about 10 seconds do you know what Spotify's still doing that i think that's a problem with spotify's ends rather than rather than with a phone right because that's the kind of crap that i'm going through at the moment i was like okay yeah first world problems and everything but no it's really like oh god it's very frustrating stuff, yeah f it, fast it's really annoying it's very frustrating that this is a problem as well, because it's it's not like technology has moved on incredibly in the last well, few years. This is the thing. Like, do we really need all the fancy? New, well, uh, in speech marks, fancy new features of the latest phones. They don't really. They don't. There aren't really any killer apps. Mm. Like, I just need something that I can do web on, basically. You know, you know. I interview a lot of artists, and it seems like the people who have trouble with their computers are typically using Windows. Oh, that's, yeah? that's what I'll say on the mm. matter. Mm -hmm. mm. Mm. More, more research is needed. Okay, it's time for this episode's Initialize This. Well, let's go set it up then. Again, this part of the podcast is also available on our YouTube channel to see in real life. IRL, exciting. Amazing. So, oh, here we go. Tim is currently 
trying to set up the oh here we go WS I'm not music. trying mate I'm smashing okay, you it got it the trueno or is it trueno or trueno trueno is, is it Spanish for trueno. hurricane or something I'm gonna call it trueno okay uh, WS music is that right no idea bruv uh, anyway it's called trueno you may have heard of it it is an analog synth inside a USB stick inside an enigma <laughs> uh, inside a dream <laughs> It's the Inception synth, but yeah, it is literally an analog synth. But as obviously, when you put an analog synth inside a USB stick, it becomes digital. But everything has to become digital at some point, unless you're a complete purist. Yeah, and people who don't like digital are idiots, by the way, because <laughs> digital is the future. So, what did you do? What problems were you having to get this running? Because you had your sample rate set at forty-eight k, you muppet. Um, I, when I when I had um, my when I was originally trying to use it on my computer at home, um, it, I was on like uh, uh, Mac OS like ten point ten or something, and I had right. to update to the to a more recent version. So that was a faff in itself, but it's fine. I did all that. Everything's kosher. So it's up and running. At least I don't know if the 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 firmware or driver is different now, but Trueno only works or worked based on the version I've got installed at 44.1 rather than 48. So that's something to watch out for. But you've got it hooked up now, right? Yeah, yeah, it's working like a, like a thing. So basically, you plug in the stick, you bring up the 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 plugin for it, mm -hmm. you click the USB button to tell it that it's being activated by US. B or whatever, and then you tune it. Um, there's a tune button, and oh, it yeah, takes a few, it takes a few seconds to tune itself up, and everything, cool. because it's real analog, and there are things going on in there that are, I don't know that are happening in the physical world. Question is, is it currently initialized? Yeah, it is. I yeah. thought I was. I thought yeah. I was just going to show this off or whatever, because I have. I'm not seeing this blind. Uh, so, okay. so let me. Shall I just show you what I know? Yeah, yeah, show show me what you know. Okay, so basically, you've got three VCOs, uh, three oscillators, and they've got a bunch of analog waveforms. So we're just listening to one at the moment. So we've got a saw, we've got a square, we've got a triangle, which is sounding nice, really nice and buzzy, and then you've got some digital waveforms. Just oh, hang on. Just tons. It's like if you remember albino from back in the day. It's like the spectral waveforms on there and everything. So that's all very good. Um, oscillator three is slightly different because it has a no ooh, a noise. Let's have a listen to analog some noise. analog noise. Which so yeah. So all I've used this for so far is making analog noise sweeps. Because <laughs> I I use a lot of white noise sweeps, bruv. Who doesn't? So um yeah, so do you want to hear some low pass filtering? I do. So I, I really, think this really do. I must this this filters analog, I guess. Yes. No, it must be because it's fucking mental. Um and I'm gonna turn the resonance. Listen to that, it sounds like wind. Oh, it's piercing. Oh, I hope you sort the levels out on this, mate, because it's going to be horrendous otherwise. <laughs> you want to limit it after so, or something. But that noise sweep, because I used it for because for the longest time, I was doing all my noise sweeps in um, Togu Audio Line. Noise maker? Uh, no, 60, Uno 62 or 60 or whatever it's called. <laughs> or whatever, which is fine and everything, but this is, you've got your real analog noise going here, and it's got a bandpass mode for filter. So... 
you know what I, I if you like remember, noise you're I, in for a treat I can't remember what the bits of it that are digital are Is, are the envelopes digital I can't remember everything else no, I'd, no idea mate I mean to be honest as long as the oscillators are analogue that's really the main thing I think do you yeah. know what I mean like because like there were a bunch of like even like since in the 80s where you'd have I think it was yeah analogue oscillators what was the Juno Alpha? Oh god, I can't remember if it was analog oscillators or film. It was such definitely a faux digitally controlled. There was something that was digitally controlled in there. With your little I think it was. I think it, the oscillators were digitally controlled, and it was the filter that was out. God knows. Anyway, the point is, it sounds good. Let's have a listen to some more. Let's let's listen to some. Oh yeah. So yeah, and you really can tell the difference between this and a. Like and a and a plug-in, certainly listening to it on its own, um, and you know there's a bunch. You can do a bunch of modulation stuff and everything. Let me see if I can modulate the filter cutoff. That's something that people do, right? Oh, God. I believe they do. Okay, let me turn the NFO on. Oh God! Can't oh, here we go. Yeah, listen to that. Now oh, the you yeah. see now what what a lot of. Um, virtual instruments and effects like is the LFOs won't go that fast. And what's cool about a lot of analog and hardware gear, gear is that you can really crank up the speed of the LFOs and you get these crazy noises that you can't really get in software. So let's have a go with the. Oh yeah, I mean it. It alone. It only gets 100 hertz, so you're not really getting that far into the audio spectrum. So you're not getting any fancy like sort of FM sort of stuff going on, but. You can get a bit of crunch in there and stuff. Oh, God. Yeah, it's clipping, mate. But if you're not redlining, you're not headlining. Do you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So And also, it's got some amplitude modulation stuff in there that comes from oscillator 3. So, hang on. I'll turn on. You want to just turn the track down a bit? Nah, mate. <laughs> I think I'm... Okay, I'm turning the output down there. Good man. Okay. Oh god. Like I haven't used this th that much, so I can't. I'm <laughs> the the amplitude modulation. Oh, you actually have to have it turned on. Oh, okay. So I see. So the so when you've when you've got amplitude modulation on, uh, oscillator three works as the uh, the modulator. It gets rid of the output for that, so that you don't have to like worry about that sort of stuff. So as you can hear. There's some vague things going on. Oh, pretty vague, though. I remember I liked messing with uh, Oscillator 3 as a slow square. Okay. Get some steppy stuff going on. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, that's doing something. Pulse width modulation. Okay, well, maybe I need six pulse wave. Oh. Yeah, there we go. All right. Let me change the modulating oscillator to... You can't really change it to a sign. Yeah, there's no signs, which is a bit of a bummer, but whatever. Oh, listen to that. There we go. I know how to work synths. So yeah, I mean it's pretty cool, man. Oh, and there's you can also use oscillator three to modulate the 
the filter cut off. Oh yeah. And that'll go as uh, high frequencies you like. I, mean. I guess. Oh god, yeah. Oh yeah. Take it off key track. I'll take you off key track, mate. How do I do that? Mm. Oh god. Well, maybe you can't. Well, whatever. It still sounds good. Fair enough. Um, what I really want to do though is just detune some saw waves. Because I'm a junglist, baby, and that's what I'm all about. Here we go. Oh, what am I doing? Okay. Oh, God. This is not... Bear with me. Oh, the annoying thing is if you double-click a parameter, it goes to minus one rather than zero. Right. Which is a pain. It may have been fixed in an update, but I am running an old version of the plugin. Hang on. I need some weird beating. That's because you're detuning it. Well I know, but it's not it's not sounding right. Oh god, hang on. Okay, I'm gonna reinitialize this bad boy. Initialize this. Yeah, initialize that. Okay. Oh, the Trueno um, logo is different color. It's changed color. What is going on? It was red before. I do, it does seem it does seem a little bit like it needs a software update. It seems like there's some stuff that's a bit a okay. little bit fussy. I did I demoed it when the guy came over to show. Oh, you might. Off. So well, maybe it's it yeah. Sort of around launch time. Oh, here we go. There we go. There we go. That's right. Maybe you just needed retuning or something because you. Habbed up the oscillator. I don't know. That doesn't. Levels. That doesn't feel. It doesn't feel like that. But anyway, it's pretty cool. Um, there's some like. There's like delay and reverb. Yeah, that's definitely digital. Isn't it? Yeah. Well, listen to that. That's the thing. If you wanted an analog reverb in this, you'd have to put a little spring in there. No, uh, <laughs> a tape, I guess. <laughs> So yeah, so it does all kinds of stuff. It's pretty cool, and the price is right. I think 140 quid for for uh, it's innovative. Do you know what I mean? Um, and it's just an incredibly convenient way of getting analog stuff. You think it doesn't do anything too crazy? No. But for bread and butter analog sounds, it's decent enough. I think really, and I don't. I don't have buyer's remorse over it. I'm not sure how much I'm actually going to use it. Because I don't really use a lot of bread and butter analog sounds in my music, <laughs> so it's great for bread and butter it, analog sounds that you never that use. I will never use. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess like maybe I'd use like the triangle for a sub. See, oh, you see, that just sounds totally mental. Let me turn all this stuff off. Yeah, I mean that is a thick. That's a thick sub. Let me tune it down a bit because I've gone to on the keyboard. Yeah, it's cool. It's yeah, it's good. And like, especially if they update the software and stuff, um, and make it feel. I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe like, cause, well, like, I because I when I was playing it on my version, which was like updated to the latest version, it like. I don't know, it seemed a little bit finickety and everything, and it seemed like I'd have to restart it occasionally and stuff. But 
hey, considering how innovative it is, I think that's fair enough. I mean, that's the, that's nothing that I'd complain about. And it's the price you could, like, it's the price of some plugins that yeah. don't really even do that much more. Do you know what I mean? Very true. I mean, the USB stick that it's housed in is also quite impressively small. It really is, man. It's like it's like it's just like a, a memory stick or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Although you you do have to use your USB extension because it can't. It, it that's a small price side. to pay, mate. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure you can get them for a couple of quid off eBay or whatever. Oh. So, yeah. And, um, yeah, I think it's cool. And, I, like, I hope we see more stuff like this. And, what I, you know, I'd like to see stuff that's, like, maybe even digital stuff. Like, what I really want is an access virus C on the USB <laughs> stick. On that's USB the stick. dream. But, yeah, I don't think that will ever happen, unfortunately. <laughs> but, like, and, you know, and I guess it's a cool way, you know, you can't pirate this in. You know, it would be called the access virus USB. Oh, I can dream, can't I? But um, but yeah, so yeah, exciting, exciting prospect for the future. And I think definitely working, I think it's, you know, it's kind of impulse priced as well. It's not like if you compare it to something like the, there's, you know, there's been a bunch of these sort of super cheap sort of analog things mm. that were like a bit above 100. It's not much more expensive than that. It's more powerful and it's got the convenience of USB. So I, I'd say I'd say it's worth, you know, unless you're on the breadline, I think it's worth giving a go if you're interested. I had to say what what I think feels very weird about doing it here, having an analog USB synth going into the computer that is then controlled by a MIDI controller. It feels very weird to me. It doesn't it's just a a very curious feeling because you are using a big MIDI controller instead of a about the size of an analog synth. Yeah. To control a tiny analog synth, which is USBing into the computer, which is being controlled by the MIDI controller. I think I prefer it that way. Everyone lives in tiny houses now. No one's got <laughs> room for anything. So I would much rather have and I do it I to be honest, I do everything with the mouse and keyboard anyway. So yeah. I'm not worried about that, basically. It's all about the sound, James. Do you it's know good. what I'm saying? And, and how does it sound? It sounds good. It sounds like, it. you know, it, you really can tell that it's analogue. Um, it sounds like you've got some kind of, like, a new school analogue synth that you plugged into a desk, into your computer. It's got, you know, almost, you know, it. it's, it's you know, it's different. It differentiates itself enough from soft synths to, to be really kind of valid basically i think nice cool yeah trueno 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 yeah 140 squids on amazon right now was, was there any kind of kickstarter or something like that i have no idea mate. okay just, just I do, and do you know what i'm i'm so impulsive as soon as i found out about it i ordered it just I was like, like that is good and i am t i am tight with money but i was like <laughs> Oh mate, I bet I could make some sick white noise sweeps with that, mate. That'll take that'll take my tracks to the next the, level. The rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm a millionaire. <laughs> Boom. Well, James, that's the end of the episode. What are you going to do now? Well, I feel like sinking into a deep bath and breathing in. I am going to find a sensory deprivation tank and try and experience oblivion, I think. We'll catch you next time for more hot air about plugins and stuff. Later.
Da da da. Sweet. Hans Zimmer done. We fuck. We took him down a peg or two. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, Zimmer. <laughs>